nothing, 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 nothing you could do. Straight up, there's nothing you, you know the boy do. says. There's nothing. I don't even know why you want to play with it. There's nothing you could do. Well, I guess we are doing it. We are doing the first episode of the official Savage Hour. I guess that would make me the host, Chad George, and my co-host, TJ El Jefe. <laughs> I don't know why I said that silly voice. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people have been asking me to do a podcast and to be able to just kind of break down a lot of the mentality stuff that uh, I work on myself and, and the guys that we work with. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'm really intrigued in is just the mind work of people. You know, I'm somebody that's struggled with self confidence and self destructive manners my entire life. And uh, through martial arts and meeting people, business people, athletes, I've just really become obsessed with the way the mind works and seeing what it is that we are capable of doing when we overcome our own obstacles. And I think that's what this podcast series is really going to be about is just I'm intrigued and I want to pick people's brains and I think this is the perfect way for me to do it. And if people tune in, you guys, I, I hope to hear your input and your thoughts. I want to bring on all kinds of different people on the show from uh, fighters to uh, business people. I mean, I want to understand what makes people tick. I want to understand what makes people do the amazing things that they do. I want to understand the things that prohibit people from doing things. Because I know myself, I've, I'm guilty of it, you know? Like, I've done so many different things in my life where I am the reason that I didn't succeed in something. You know, I find uh, issues, I find um, excuses, I find anything that I can to validate why something didn't happen and it wasn't until recently honestly that I realized that I can do it I just got to stop bullshitting and stop making the excuses you know you got to kind of come to terms with yourself um most recently let, let's let's talk about some of my history that that comes recently um I won the combat jiu-jitsu uh EBI world championships back in November and that was a big deal for me not just because of the the tournament itself and the prestige of it, I mean, that was amazing, but it was what I overcame to get to that point. Uh, I did the first combat jiu-jitsu event, which was in March earlier in the year, and a lot of people don't realize that I had so much stuff going on when that event happened. Uh, I was supposed to get married, I was, I was engaged for a long time, and ironically, my original wedding date, I don't even know, TJ, I don't even know if you knew this, yeah, my did I? My original wedding date was the same night that Combat Jiu Jitsu debut was supposed to happen. And if I, so I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the, uh, the equation of that, if I would have gotten married, I would have never done Combat Jiu Jitsu. So I had this idea, I was like, okay, everything, everything worked for a reason. You know, I'm not getting married. I ended this, this relationship that turned out to be completely toxic and training for the first combat jiu-jitsu i'm not gonna lie i was nervous i didn't know what to expect you know they're bringing in all these guys and what happened one week or the week of what happened the week of um the tournament i popped my rib out i I had never had a rib injury and i think it was five or six days or something like that before the uh the tournament my rib popped out 
And it was one of those things when you got to be kidding me. Like, you got to be kidding me. I have gone through all this, all these ups and downs in my career, and now we get to make history for combat jiu-jitsu, and now my ribs popped out. What was amazing, though, is that instead of the old destructive nature that I'm used to doing, which is like, okay, I could pull out, nobody will fault me, I got a rib sticking out of my skin, nobody's going to fault me, um, that never crossed my mind. This is one of the first major moments in my career and in my life that I realized, I was like, I am genuinely excited about this event because I knew it was a chance to make history, not just for myself, but for the sport of what we're doing. And so the week of combat jiu-jitsu, I uh, went and did my re rehab and therapy over at uh, Reed Chiropractic. And um, I had no idea if we were even going to be able to compete. But I was like, you know what? If I can't compete, at least I'm going to let the victory happen of making weight. I've already trained this hard. I've given up on so much. Um, I'm not going to just back out of this tournament. Do that to Eddie Bravo. Do that to the competitors. I'm not going to back out this early. There's only four of us that were selected for this thing. I'm not going to be uh, the guy that calls Eddie Bravo on uh, five days' notice and go, hey, um, pop my rib. You know, I'm not going to be that guy. So I, I did everything I could for the rehab. I wasn't able to do any contact stuff. We uh, started doing the therapy every single day. And as the, the, the event started getting closer, I started feeling a little better. I was able to start taking deeper breaths. My uh, physical therapist was telling me that, you know, he's seen – uh, worse situations heal faster, which later I found out he was completely lying to me. You know, he was just saying that because he knew I wasn't going to pull out. So he was just trying to help me on my on my uh, my mind framework, which apparently it worked. Um, as so that each day would get closer, I felt better and better and better. I started being able to jog again. I started doing sprints, and then two days before weigh-ins, I was doing full sprints. I hadn't done any contact yet. I was doing full sprints, and I started feeling it a little bit in my uh, my rib. And I'm like, you know what? Just making the weigh-ins, making actually making 135 pounds the same day, which I've never done in my career, was just nuts. So I was like, you know what? If we could do this without being able to train, I'm already winning. You know, uh, and that's one of the things for the show is that winning is I, I've come to realize is not just about having your hand raised. It's it's how you overcome each moment that you're faced with. And so using that mentality. I was winning already. So my battle was just to make weight. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to make weight. Whatever happens in the tournament is going to happen in the tournament. We uh, we got weighed in. I made the weight. I actually, believe it or not, I started feeling good. I started feeling good. We were warming up a little, and I just didn't want to push it too much. And me and uh, JM Holland, um, you saw the match. You, you were there, right? Yeah. yeah, you were there. And we had this epic fight. I mean, for anybody that thinks combat jiu-jitsu isn't a fight, you, you you guys are absolutely mistaken. Just go watch it again. Um, me and JM just lit it on fire. It started off, he sat on a sat guard, and I threw a big swing and a miss. It was like a, you know, like a baseball uh, arena, like, poof! Um, and it just lit the place on fire, and I was just feeding off of it. And JM and I had this epic fight about, I want to say five minutes in or something like that. He put me in, I think, what, what they call the dead orchard, and my rib completely popped out uh, again and in the match my adrenaline took over i knew if we went to overtime there was no way i was going to be able to um 
continue. There's there's no way. So I, I just gave it everything I, I had, and I was fortunate enough. I was able to finish him with a Darce Choke with, like, 20 seconds left of the fight or something like that. And that was a very emotional moment for me because to be able to overcome not only just the mental side of the injury leading up to it, but to be able to push through it during the fight, that was really big uh, for me and my nature of just self-destruction. And then when it went back to the locker room, you know, I had people that wanted to interview me and talk to me, and I was like, we got to go to the back. And nobody understood what was going on. And I ended up just uncontrollably vomiting backstage. And that was just due to the pain that I was in. And it was just like this vicious, ugly cycle that the more pain I was in, the more I vomited. The more I vomited, the more pain I was in. So it was like this, this ridiculous, uh, saying it again, cycle that I was going through. But again, like just like when we were getting ready for the fight, I never thought about backing out. My, my mind was already engaged to saying, I'm already in this thing. I might as well go out on my shield than somebody else's. You know, there, again, you know, nobody would have ever faulted me saying, man, your ribs popped out again. We get it, you pulled out of the tournament. But it wasn't about that. I wanted to give it everything that I had, and we did. And I ended up getting twistered uh, in the finals by uh, Nick Constein. And, you know, he, he's a great competitor. And I didn't know if I was ever going to get that opportunity to get the rematch again. And, you know, for me, losing in the finals, I didn't feel like I lost. I felt because my mind was right and I did everything to make me be a champion that night, I was a champion that night. And I think everybody in the arena saw that as well. And I think with a lot of the responses that we got from it, it was identically the same thing. It was just, you know, the victory isn't about just having your hand raised. Because let's be honest, when you get your hand raised, right, that's about the moment. You know, you 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 excelled in that moment. But if you, we can apply that to life, like what's past the moment? When that moment is past, are you really able to celebrate the moment that's already passed with it being genuine again? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you tell me. What do you think? No, I don't think so. Right? Because, I mean, let's, let's, let's relate it to, like, uh, high school, you know? You graduate high school. It's a big moment, right? You graduate high school. It's a huge moment. You got this diploma. You're like, yeah, I, I just graduated high school. I'm an adult now. You know, like, F you, mom. I'm, like you said, I wasn't ever going to do it, right? And, and I'm, I'm just kidding, mom. I love you. I know I wasn't talking to you, uh, but maybe I was. Just kidding. Um, but what about 10 years later? Are you still going to celebrate that? that diploma of high school? Are you still going to every weekend talk about how you graduated high school? No. Because the moment has already passed. I mean, could you imagine telling somebody we're going to go celebrate? And they're like, oh, what are we celebrating? Oh, me graduating high school. <laughs> right? Like, but that, that's really the, that's, that's the, it's a silly analogy. But if you think about it, it's true. We get so caught up in the expectations of what's supposed to come next after a moment passes. You know, we have guys, I have one of our fighters that won a, um, a champion, his first amateur championship. And he, uh, right when he won it in the locker room, he, he was holding on to the belt and he said, uh, I'm never going to lose this. So I took the belt from him and I got rid of it. I said, you've already lost it. This was Alec. Uh, Alec Lopez, one of, our, one of our amateurs. And he gave me this look of like anger, just pure anger. He was like, what do you mean I already lost it? I'm like, yeah, you were the champion of that moment. You have to become a champion again. 
Every time we do anything, we have to champion again. You have to champion the moment because somebody else is just as hungry. You can't say you're not going to lose something because every situation and every moment is going to be unique and different. There's special things that happen with every moment. So we have to acknowledge that and we have to adjust to that in the moment. And when I, when I explained that to him, he went, wow. I don't even want to take the belt home. <laughs> it's true because he, that he got it. He understood yeah. that, yes, we were victorious in that moment, but what is next? How can we use the moment to propel us to champion the next moment? And I think for me, that's exactly why I want to do this podcast. Because maybe it's selfish. I want to pick people's brains so I can continue championing every moment even beyond what I even can conceive right now. I want to understand what makes people tick. I want to understand what makes you get out of bed in the morning and go, I'm going to do something amazing today. Because, I mean, let's, let's, let's think about it. How many people go through every day like a zombie? Most people, right? We, we go through, we have these dreams, we have these aspirations, but how many people actually take the steps to get to them? Very few. Right? But is it, is it because that the, the, the goals and dreams are so hard to obtain, or is it that they're just not doing the little victories for us to get there? I mean, let's, let's look at the big picture. So you have these goals, right? You have this goal you want to, uh, give, me, give, me, give me some kind of a goal. So anything doesn't matter. Okay, I'll take a goal. I want to do my first amateur MMA fight. Okay, cool, perfect. So you want to do your first amateur MMA fight? Fantastic, amazing, right? So the goal's been set. But I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use your goals as the example. Okay. But let's look at somebody who doesn't have any experience, right? You're in the gym every day, so that's I'm, that doesn't count. I'm gonna use somebody else. Just but I'm using the goal. Okay. You have the goal of doing an amateur fight, but you've never trained a day in your life. So you have the goal, but how are we actually going to get there? So that goal can seem so unattainable because you're sitting on your couch playing video games all day or whatever it is. You have a nine to five. By the time you get off work, you're so tired. You can't even go to the gym. So the goal every day actually seems further and further away because then it's just like, oh, it's just a, just a goal of mine. I mean, it's along the same lines of me making, wanting to make $100 million. It's like, yeah, I want it, but it's so far away. But how do we get closer to something? That's it. Because you have to start to achieve so you can believe that you can get to that end game. That's it. Because if you already knew how to get to that goal, you would already be there. Yeah. Right? So we have to come up with little victories to get us one step closer. Because people want to get these instant gratification stuff. Everybody wants to get like, man, I, I obtained it. Okay, cool. If you obtained it, then what's next? What's the next goal? Like, if your goal was to make your bed every day and that was your, your, your life goal, well, good for you. Cool. Awesome. Hope you have an awesome made bed, right? <laughs> right? But, I mean, that's not what I want. And for somebody like you that wants to do your first MMA fight, like, yeah. let's lay out a blueprint to see what the, the midway is, right? Yeah. And if we think we know what the midway is, let's go midway of that. Let's go midway of the next and the next and the next. All of a sudden, we realize, wow, it can start with me just signing up for a gym membership. Right? Because that's going to be the start. Okay, cool. I might not know how to get that fight, but I do know me owning the moment, making one step forward will get me closer. I don't know if it's the right step, but at least it starts the momentum. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think kills a lot of people is that our momentum is actually digressive. 
You know, we're, we're so caught in the reasons of why we can't do something. Oh, I'm tired. I work a nine to five. I don't have time. I mean, how often do we hear that? All the time, right? We, we have our gym, California Mixed Martial Arts. How often does somebody call and they want to know the schedule, but it doesn't fit within in their, in their work schedule? All the time. All the time, right? And if you really wanted something bad enough, you will make the time for it. And a lot of the times it's just even like it can be as simple as I just don't want to get up that early. Well, if you don't want to get up that early. Yeah, how bad do you really want that goal? How bad do you really want that goal? And I think that's the biggest thing is we want the goal until we realize that it actually takes work to get it. Yeah. And then we realize that the, 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 the rest that we want or the TV show that we want to watch in the moment, that, that we talk about that moment, yeah. in the moment that that takes pri uh, priority yeah. over your actual goal because it's more attainable. Yes. Right? You're like, no, you know what? I'm going to start tomorrow. And... We have to make the decision to champion that moment. When we get the, the thoughts to say, you know what, I want to watch TV. Own the moment. Go to the gym. Yeah. Own the moment. Write something down. doesn't matter what it is. Do something progressive. Because if you're, if you're constantly repeating the same situations, you're constantly repeating the same system that you're in, you're never going to achieve anything other than what you already have. Exactly. And I don't want that to be, I mean, and I'll be, I'll be 100% honest. I am so obsessed with self-development because I am terrified to go backwards to the way I used to be. I am terrified. I mean, you hear me in the gym all the time. I talk about this stuff religiously. And it's not me because I'm trying to say, hey, you guys should listen to the way I, I, I talk about this. It's not at all. I think it can help people. But I also do it for my own benefit because I know if I don't constantly keep owning each moment, yeah. I am going to revert backwards. Like I, I feel like the old me is tugging on my shirt every second of every day that I'm awake. And when I'm in a sleep, it's trying to trick me into being like, hey, old Chad is back, right? And I don't want that. No, it's true. I mean, I grew up in a very negative household and I feel like I immediately default to that. So if I don't work on myself constantly and feed myself better things, I just go straight back into that mindset and those behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is we don't realize that TV, right? So many of us watch TV and it's an escape from ourself. It's an escape from the things that are going on in our head and it's an escape from our reality. You know, we have so many hours in a day and most of us spend those hours with work, um, taking care of the family sleeping right mm -hmm. and then you know for those people that have like a good job they get two weeks out of a year to go on vacation but as soon as the vacation's over you're going right back to that yeah. work week the rat race yeah. and we don't ever actually get a real chance to experience being a champion you know, how many times we hear the story of somebody, oh, I did this when I was younger, or uh, how about the other one, I wish I could have done this. Yeah. Man, like, the idea of I wish I could have, that just breaks my heart to hear that. Yeah. And when I see people achieve things that they didn't think were possible before, it almost makes me want to break down into tears because I, I get so emotionally attached to seeing people overcome. 
Because I get it now. I understand what it means to be confident in yourself. But I've had to work on this every single day. And to be honest, being around the students of the academy, being around my, my, my business mentors, I've had to rise to the occasion and become the person that they are expecting me to be. If that makes does that make any sense? Like like even if I don't feel like I'm this leader, people are expecting me to be this leader. Yeah. And it's not like I'm saying I'm like a messiah, like let's go walk on water. That's not it at all. But if I'm talking about championing every moment and people want like they are starting to believe this this pattern, this yeah. system of belief, they need to see it in me too. Yeah. You know, how can you how can you preach something if you don't do it yourself? How can you preach something if you don't truly believe it to your core? Like, I am so obsessed with this stuff, it burns in my stomach. You know, and I mean, you you know me, like I'm, I mean, I I can't stop with this stuff. I know. I can't stop talking about it. I, I feel like there's something wrong with me sometimes because when I talk to people about this, I'll go to uh, conventions or I'll go to workshops or I'll even just go to like a, like a business luncheon. And I tell people straight up, I'm like, if I just don't stop talking, tell me to shut up. Because once I start, I can't stop. It's like it starts going and like the the, the, the machine starts turning and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what's happening. Like half the stuff that comes out of my mouth, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. It's just pure emotion. But what comes out of it though, when I'm done with it, I'm like, yes. I know what my path is. And I know what my path is because I'm creating it. I'm creating it. And we've been, what? I just did a, what was it? I'm, I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but we just did my, my, my fight back to MMA. You know, Bellator two weeks ago at the forum. And that was such a big moment because I've been wanting to fight for the last three years since I walked away from the sport. But there were so many things in life that I made excuses for. And I figured it was time as a, as a I guess you can say leader. It was time as a mentor. It was time as a person that, talks about all these belief systems to give it back to every single person that believes in the stuff that we're doing every day. And the opportunity was to do it in our backyard. I mean, how could I say no to that? And we had a phenomenal performance. I got my first victory in almost three years, a TKO going into the third round against a very tough opponent. And to me, it wasn't about having my hand raised. It was about doing what I had to do to get there and have absolute confidence in my abilities because of the work that I put in and the mentality that has been built within the walls and systems that we have been working on. And I think the most gratifying thing from the victory itself was not about me winning. Do you have any idea what it, what it was? I don't think I've told you about this. Do you have any idea what, to me, the biggest thing from that fight was? No? None? I don't know. I agree. So many of our students and so many of fans and even just the fight community came up to me and they were blown away with the way I came out, with the way my mindset was, with the way that everything that I talk about, they could see it in me when I was in there. And I didn't know what they were talking about until I watched the video. I was like, wow, you could see me having fun. It wasn't about me going out there and being in a fight. It truly was me being in the moment and just being happy to own the moment. And I think that really had a lot to do with my performance because there was no pressure. 
I wasn't putting any pressure. I mean, why why do we have to put so much pressure on ourselves? Out of expectations from other people? We do that all the time, right? Yeah. We get expectations from, from family, from friends, from colleagues. But in the grand scheme of things, those expectations, do those really mean anything? No. no. The only thing that really matters is how you feel about yourself and what you've done. And if you have done everything that you could do to be a champion in the moment that you are, you are trying to achieve, that's victory. That's victory. No pressure, no outside influence because we have no control over the things that are unknown, right? All I can do is everything that I can do to react the way that I wanted to react to a situation. I can make a positive out of anything. You know, if, if, if I were to lost, lost, if I were to lose that fight, would have been upsetting? Absolutely. Would I have done this woe is me cry? I can't believe I did this. I should have stayed retired. Right? Yeah. No. Because it wasn't about that. It was about me challenging myself and wanting to become a better person because of the challenge. I mean, everything we overcome in life, right? Let's, um, let's think about things that give us our backbone, right? Like things that you don't like. You know you don't like certain foods. Oh, yeah. But how do you know you don't like certain foods? Because I tried them. Because you tried them. That's a simple example. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But the only way you know what you don't like is you've had to have tried it. Yeah. Same thing in life. How do you know how to get to that fight if you haven't tried things that you failed at to make you realize that that's not the right way to get there? Then when you when you see something that does work, you go, wow. I was able to get this positive result only because I knew how not to do it because I failed the first time. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are just so afraid of failure. Yeah. We don't realize that failure is the key ingredient to success. Yeah. I've failed so many times, I can't even I can't even Think about how many times I've failed with many things. But I don't think it's a failure if you don't quit. If you keep driving and you keep pushing, then you're always going to be winning with whatever it is you do. Yeah. You're just finding new ways to achieve it. And who knows, by the time you finally get to that goal, maybe it's not even your goal anymore. Maybe that never was the goal. I mean, that's kind of deeper if you think about that. But maybe that was never the goal because you had never been able to see the full picture because you hadn't achieved enough to see it. Yeah. But once you finally get to that goal, you're like, wow, there's 2,000 more rooms for me to, uh, to walk through now. And that's what excites me. Like, I want to know what's behind door number two. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of living in door number one. And... I'm really excited. I'm just be honest. I'm really excited to start picking people's brains because this is the way that I think, right? This is the way that I think because I've been beaten down so many times that I just maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a little dumb and and like I just refuse to like have a rocky moment. I'm just going to keep getting up. I don't know, but I want to find out what makes other people tick. 
I want to find out what makes a successful fighter keep pushing. I want to know what makes a successful business person overcome failure in business, bad partners, bad deals, change of business, change of industry. I want to know what about other athletes overcoming injury. I want to, I want to, I want to know uh, uh, the mindset of a police officer that loses his partner. I, I want to, I want to dig into the the deep sides of what makes people keep going. Because understanding that can be the key for all of us to reach heights that were never once imaginable. I want to do things that most people say are impossible. I want you, TJ and everybody else listening, to do things that other people eventually are going to go, I have no idea how that person was able to do that. And that alone is going to inspire them to do something. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a movement. And I'm, we're not starting this. Not starting this at all. This has been going on. I was moved by something. I'm moved by something every day. I'm moved by something right now. What moved you the most in your life that put you on this path of, of personal development when you really started getting into it? Honestly, what moved me is being sick and tired of running from myself. That's the honest to God truth. I woke up one day and I said, I am not going to run away anymore. I'm not going to make excuses. I don't care what's going to happen. I am done telling myself I can't do things. And as soon as I woke up and I decided to take that stance, everything changed. Everything changed. Because, I mean, I've been homeless. I've been beaten up. I've been broke. You know, there, there's everything in between. I've had my career change numerous times. I, you know, there's, there's so many different reasons why I could have just laid down and been like, I'm done. But the biggest moment to me was me standing there saying, you know what? I'm done running. And when you make that decision, you are now fighting for your life. Every day I am now fighting for my life. I feel like when I made that decision, I'm, I'm, I was floating in the ocean with a life vest. Mm -hmm. I took the vest off. That's what it was. I took the vest off of being comfortable because I knew that I could just wait out here in the ocean and eventually maybe somebody will find me. Nobody's but then when I want... What's that? Nobody's coming for no, you. No, nobody's coming. And if they do, why did they end up coming? What what's 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 their hidden agenda? Are you on vacation? Then they're gonna point like, oh look at this guy, he's like floating in the ocean. <laughs> Maybe he can tell us the way back to shore. Right. He's got a life vest, he looks okay. <laughs> I but, think that's the thing with everybody, it's it's the internal fight. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing. Because you know, life happens to everybody, so what makes a difference between someone who becomes successful versus not successful? And it really just comes down to the, the choices that you make. You know? What's funny about the choices, though, is like we have to make those choices in that internal dialogue. Yeah. When something is happening, we have to make that choice of going, 
I can go left or I can go right. Yeah. Left is the easy answer because I know left, there's less repercussions. But if I go right, I might have to stand in front of a wall and I might have to fight it down. But I believe there's something amazing on the other side of that wall. Yeah, there is. And that you have to get to that belief mindset. You know, sometimes it's you have to close one door before another can open. So you might not know where you're going to go, you know, or what's going to happen. When I had to move out of my place, I had to leave knowing I was going to live in my car. and But it just got to the point that I was less afraid to do that. And it was less painful to go do that than to stay where I was. And so that pushed me forward. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care what's going to happen. I just know it's going to work out. And something's going to happen. And it really took closing that door and making that move for that other door to open. Because had that not happened, that other door wouldn't have opened and that new opportunity wouldn't have came. But if I just would have sat there in my head, I never would have went forward, you know, blindly forward. And I would have stayed in fear and I would have stayed where I was and I would have stayed unhappy. And, and things just would never have changed. But you have to you have to change things. You have to change your mindset if you want things to change. You have to change something along the way. And a lot of people make the excuse where they have every reason in the world why something else won't work for them. You know, you have that friend that's just like, well, I'm not happy. I don't, I don't like my job. I don't like this relationship. And you're like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? No, I can't because of this. I can't because of that. Well, you already have every reason in the world why nothing else is going to work for you. So you're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be your life. Yeah. Until you're willing to change something, your mindset, you know, something, anything, you have to start by changing something. And that's where you should start. That's where you need to start is with your mind. And that something can be something simple. Yeah. Something simple because the, the monotony of what we're doing on a daily basis mm -hmm. is like that because it's a habit. We have to start one, one action to change a habit. Yeah. Put a new habit in place. At least your habits aren't the same. Then the habit changes. One habit leads to another habit. Another habit leads to another habit. Another habit leads to another habit. And all of a sudden you look at this and you have all these habits that have changed. Then next thing you realize that something in you has changed. Yeah. And the way you start seeing things begin to change. The way you start interacting with things begin to change. Yeah. And then you realize you're onto something. But we got to remember it's very easy to revert backwards. Oh, yeah. I mean, personal development, it's a lifelong process. You're always mm -hmm. going to be evolving and growing. You don't just, like, read a book and it's done or eat a magical cookie and you're fixed. You know, you have to keep going and growing throughout the rest of your life. It's always going to be a fight. It's always going to be a challenge. It's always going to be something new. It's always going to be something to hold you back. There's always going to be something happening and unfolding in life. Life is full of good, bad, positive, fun, you know, crying times, happy times. That's life, you know, and it happens to everyone. So it's really just how you choose to deal with things, you know, how you choose to look at situations. And that's what's going to make the difference. I absolutely agree. And I'm really excited to hear how other people deal with those moments. I think that this is going to be something that, for me anyways, that I'm going to get the most fulfillment out of just hearing people's stories. Yeah. I want to hear it. Maybe people, maybe, maybe I'm going to hear some stuff that's going to make me rethink everything that I've been doing. Yeah. Maybe same thing with you, you know? But that's where this thing is going. And I think that's why I agreed to do this. I mean, 
It's not that I agreed to do it. I was like, hey, TJ, let's do a podcast. So <laughs> it wasn't me like agree. Like, it's like somebody was like, Chad, I'm going to put a gun to you and we're going to do a podcast. I'm like, fine, fine. No, it was my idea. <laughs> and I just, you know, but a lot of people have asked about it because, you know, I do keynote speaking and I do a lot of these engagements and I work with the students and I work with people. And I want to get it out there. I want to get the message out there. Not just my message, but everybody else's. So, I guess on that, without getting too much into a whole other set of topics, be a perfect spot to to wrap this first episode up. Um, guys, if you guys like the show, let us know. Leave us some feedback. If you guys want to hear certain things, you guys want to bring on some certain guests, if you guys want to be on the show, hit us up. Let us know. Um, we're going to... Uh, you can find me directly on Instagram, Chad Savage George. Uh, this is going to be the Savage Hour. We'll start the Instagram stuff for this. We'll put it on YouTube. Uh, I think we're going to try to get on iTunes, all that whole process and procedure. Uh, TJ El Jefe <laughs> is my co-host and producer of the show. So let us know how you guys feel about what we're doing, if you guys like it. And um, we hope to see you guys on the next show. Thank you all for listening. Be a champion of every moment and live life as a champion. I'm out. Nothing, 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 nothing you could do. Straight up. There's nothing you could do. Know the boy says. There's nothing you could do. I don't even know why you want to play with it. There's nothing you could do.